approach to habits and discipline. It kills me when I see hardworking humans going after their desires without seeing those epic results. Let's shift that scrambled, rushed, and overwhelmed day into effective action to get the thing done. We have big dreams and we plan to accomplish them in this community, while we also make space for all of life's little joys. Come on, friend, let's grow. Welcome back to Well with Michelle, my friends. So grateful that you're here. Let's talk about some super practical money habits to keep you on a budget, whether that is just to keep your spending in check or you're working towards a goal like a down payment for a home or a trip. Let's talk about how to make this reasonable and actionable day to day. A little backstory first. I am very grateful. I have parents that very much set us up for success with money and I don't mean in giving us money. We had to always earn our money, but we were taught very clearly how to save money, how to use it wisely. So right from a younger age, we got an allowance and we had to save some of it. And then we were allowed to spend some of it. And it just taught us that healthy relationship with money. My parents also set up bank accounts for us very early on. And again, it wasn't that they put money in the bank account. They set us up for success in knowing how to put money into our own bank accounts. At 14, we were allowed to start working as per the parents and then obviously the the government as well. And all three of my siblings and I, that made it sound like there's four of us, me and my three siblings, no, me and my two siblings, we're one of three, why can't I say this? (laughs) Me and my two siblings uh, all chose to start working at 14 and it was always very clear to us. The parents took care of all of our needs, food, school-related things, clothes, all of that. We were very, very fortunate in that way. But anything additional we wanted was absolutely on us, like when we wanted cars. So here in Canada, in my province, you can get your learner's license at 14, which means you can drive with an adult. And then at 16, you can get your full license and drive on your own. And you have to hold your learner's license for that two years of practice. So at 14, we all took our learner's license. And from when we got that job at 14, obviously it was very, very minimal hours. I was maybe working two, three nights a week at uh, as a hostess at a pizza shop, just, you know, three, four hour shifts at the most and saving that money for the vehicle I wanted to buy when I was 16. I remember starting to calculate at about 15 of how my savings was going (laughs) and I remember coming to my dad and going hey dad I think um I think I'm not going to be able to make affording a car at this rate so my dad helped me add up all my numbers which (laughs) bless him because I still have to message my dad sometimes for math help actually no I suck my poor partner into math help now but I'm not great with numbers I figured it out when it comes to my bank account and dad said no you're right you wouldn't be able to afford insurance and gas and the actual purchase of the vehicle making what you're making right now said okay so went out and looked for another job and I remember at the time minimum wage was seven bucks so that's what I was making raking in the dough and then I got a job for 15 dollars an hour talk about a promotion so I was pumped I was absolutely pumped that I was raking in the cash at 15 for 15 bucks an hour Then once I reached 16, again, I had to look over my numbers with my parents, make sure that I could afford the vehicle and bought my first vehicle in 1989 Ford Explorer 
rusted piece of junk. The thing was great. I can't remember how much I paid for it. I think it was $700. It was great. It was excellent. And it was entirely up to us to maintain that. Additionally, any extra things we wanted in life. Like I, I never went without my life, but my parents in no way spoiled us. We uh, were definitely taught the value of working our own way and um, yeah, having to earn what extra stuff we wanted. We never had to earn food, which I know is a great, great privilege of uh, we had that fortune in our family where there was always food on the table. There was always a roof over our head. School needs were always taken care of. Extracurriculars were always taken care of by the parents. And I am very, very grateful that our parents chose to raise us that way because it set us up for success. So moving forward a little bit, uh, if you've listened to previous podcasts, I went traveling right when I turned 18. And obviously that was a big saving journey as well too, because I was traveling for a full year. So what I did with that was I was working at my mom's store at the time, full time. And in the evening I would work at a, a drugstore or a a chemist for anyone. <laughs> I mean, say get a drugstore overseas and people are like, what the hell is a drugstore? And it was a lot at times. I remember coming home from my full-time job at about maybe 4 or 5 p.m. I can't remember what time it was. And I would start at 5 or 6 p.m. at the drugstore and I would work till midnight. And I remember taking naps on the couch when I got home, just trying to reset. It was a lot of work. And I was very vigilant about my money that year. I really toned down my going out because I had a bigger goal of going traveling for the year. And moving forward again, when I shifted gears and wanted to start saving for a home, I started doing that at 20 years old. I had it in my head for a long time that I wanted to own a home since 25. So I started working towards that because obviously a down payment on a home is a lot. And I wanted to, it was non-negotiable for me that I put 20% down on my home. And for the next five years, from 20 to 25, I consistently put X number of dollars into my savings account, and it was an absolute non-negotiable. And all of these habits have really built me up for a life of success. And now it's on a much bigger scale, right, where I'm investing and uh, making, yeah, just dealing with larger amounts of money. But the principles, the base principles are all the same, whether you're dealing with $1 or a million dollars. And, you know, I remember one time my brother said this to me and it really stuck was everyone's living just at the edge of their means. It doesn't matter what your means are. You're living right at the edge of it. So even if someone who you look to be very, very wealthy, oftentimes they're living right at their edge of their means. So how do we kind of get out of this habit of being right at the very edge of if something went wrong, we would be screwed. The amount we are spending is not creating any safety net and making sure that there's a little bit of space for a rainy day or an unexpected scenario. So what I want to talk to you about today is these money habits to keep you on a budget. And they're very, very simple. And so right from the beginning, make a budget, track the budget and stick to the friggin' budget. Checking your bank account daily is definitely the best way to go about this. For example, when I was saving for my home, I wrote checkpoints on this big Word document. And every time I would reach a new checkpoint, I would highlight it. And it was just a pretty sheet. But it was a tangible thing for me to look at and recognize that I was making consistent progress, which helped me go long term. 
And if for some reason, one month, I didn't make the goal number, one, I knew that I had to make up for it, no ifs, ands, or buts the next month. And two, I could look at what went wrong and how I got off track. So I didn't keep repeating that same mistake. So I only got off track for one month as opposed to multiple months. Next is looking, the next two are kind of combined into one. So this is two and three, but it's looking at all those fussy amounts that you pay and we don't even recognize. And I'm certainly not the first person to speak to this, but I had a great experience where recently my credit card was compromised. That wasn't the great part, but it made me reset all of my accounts. So I was getting all these emails, payment declined, payment declined, which is fine. I was looking at them and going, you know what? I don't need that anymore. I don't need that anymore. I don't need that anymore. And there was probably honestly 10 accounts where I didn't re-sign. I didn't resubmit my new credit card number because I thought, do I really use this? As someone who does have an intentional practice about not being an impulse buyer, I was actually quite surprised at just how many accounts that I did have that really I didn't need anymore. So check in with that. How often do you have money going out on things that you don't really need? And then to piggyback on that, have a no Amazon spend month. It is way too easy to spend on Amazon. I hate Amazon. I hate the principle of Amazon. I hate everything about it. I hate the greed. And for someone who hates Amazon so much, I sure do order off Amazon a lot. Does anyone else resonate with that? <laughs> I'm trying to be better. I, I really am trying to be better. Sometimes it's just so convenient though. So do a no Amazon spend month. It's wild how much we just waste. Not to mention time we waste scrolling on it as well. A fourth really impactful money habit that I use is my partner and I openly discuss what our financial goals are, what our financial habits are, so that we're both crystal clear on our individual expectation within the relationship. Of course, we both have our own bank accounts. We do our own thing with our money. We don't have to check with each other, but we're clear on who pays what bills, what our longer term goals are. For example, the next home we want to buy, what the down payment is, what expectations we have for the next home and how much we should be saving and when we want to reach that goal by travel budgets because we both love to travel so we want to make sure we're building that in being aware of our extra fluff spending being clear on how extravagant we want to go on date nights which is not extravagant at all we are not extravagant people we are go to the mountains and eat a sandwich in the fresh air kind of people but Just being mindful of how we're choosing to spend our money collectively of the parts of our finances that we do share. Number four. No, we're on number five now. Okay, always have a tangible goal. I actually just threw a story up on my Instagram today. Um, If you're not following me, come join us. Styles Coaching. We have lots of practical action steps and lots of love and lots of inspiration and lots of hard truths and all that good stuff over there. But be clear on what goal you're working towards. Now, you'll hear a whole range of what's best and when to track your goals. You got to figure out what's best for you, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly. Personally, I do a big check on on my goals once a month, but then I do have 
my yearly goals posted above my head of where I work every single day. So if I find myself veering off track, I'm like, oh, no, no, this is the goal. I also have one mega notebook with all of the goals I want to accomplish eventually, just because I don't want great ideas to slip my mind. But who knows, those goals might not be accomplished for a month or a year or whatever it is. But the same with the financial goals. And just like the tracker I was talking about early for earlier for getting to my first down payment of, you can't just set a goal and then expect it to happen, especially if it's a bit of a longer term goal. You need to set the goal and just like every other single goal with your financial goals, you need to break it down. This is how much I'm going to put into savings every single month to reach that goal by this date. If you have it willy nilly, you will never get there because you don't have clear steps for yourself to follow. So don't expect yourself to be inhuman about this and just bang it out without any sort of plan. Having that tangible goal, following a very similar guide to a SMART goal, make it measurable, make it specific, and know exactly what you're doing and when you're doing it by. The end date is essential. Okay, the last one I want to talk about is paying your credit card to zero every single month. Something my dad always taught me, which I'm incredibly grateful for, is if you don't have that money in your checking account, you don't have the money on your credit card. Being cautious to not take your credit card money as free money. It is not free money. It's actually, in fact, very expensive money. Imagine the interest that was coming off your credit card if you put that into an investment instead every month. Stop spending money that you do not have. Live within your means and be okay with where you are right now. And let's get a little bit into the woo right now because some abundance messaging is coming into me right now that I need to share with you. If you are looking for a more abundant life, a more financially stable life, if you constantly feel like you are in this state of lack, you are never going to build that abundance. You have to be comfortable with where you are now while wanting more. Being comfortable with where you are right now means that you can trust yourself with your finances. You're not looking at that credit card every month going, oh my God, how did that get so big? Now, if you are kind of doing a bit of a backpedal and you let things get out of hand for a bit, we're all human, it happens. What micro actions can you start today to start paying off that credit card? What is it? Can you ditch your coffees for until your credit card is paid down to zero? Can you delete your Amazon account until your credit card is paid down to zero? Can you skip going out for dinner with the girls and instead invite them over for dinner? Whatever it is, you will have to give some things up to reach your long-term bigger goals. That's just a fact. That's financial goals or otherwise. But so long as you keep yourself in this state of lack, this state of not enoughness, You are not making space for the universe to help you reach your goals and be in that abundant mindset and be comfortable with where you are. Ooh, it's coming now. We did our six factual points and now let's just get into the hanging out with the universe and our universe supporting our abundance and our financial goals. Obviously, you have to do the work. But damn, do some co-creation with the universe. The universe is here to support you. 
even if you are in a place where you're like, I'm not where I want to be yet. I want more financial stability. I want more finances. I want to get better with my money habits. What can you appreciate what you are doing right now? The fact that you took the time to listen to this podcast because you want to improve. Celebrate that. That is bring yourself into an abundant mindset. Look at everything that you do have. Do you have food in your fridge? Do you have running water? Do you have a warm bed to sleep in at night? That is all abundance. So start celebrating that. It doesn't mean that you don't want more and you're not looking to improve your circumstance, but celebrate what you do have to get yourself into that abundance mindset. When your favorite items are on sale, be like, frick yeah, thanks universe. I'm glad I'm saving some money here so I can continue to work to my abundant goals. When you find some change under your car seat, you find a corner and a toonie. And for anyone who's not from Canada, a toonie is a $2 coin. But when you find that small amount of change, that $2.25, don't think, universe, I asked for a million. What the heck is $2.25 going to be? Look at it and go, hey, that's awesome. I'm $2.25 closer to the goal than I was a couple of minutes ago. Invite that abundance in. Recognize where there is already good. But then having a realistic approach about it and also recognizing these are where I need to improve. This is where I waste money excessively. This is where I don't even know what I do with my money. Okay. So combine it, combine your logic with creating a lot of magic with this incredible energy that is surrounded by us every single day. Okay, I'm here to see you thrive. I want you to reach all your financial goals. And I want you to start to get comfortable with talking about your finances. If it's a small goal, if it's a big goal, start speaking about it. There's such taboo around money still. And you know what your number one way to not invite more money into your life is? Is by being scared of it. So start looking at your bank account daily, even if you're not stoked about where it's sitting right now. Start looking at daily. Hold power over it. Don't be afraid of it. Look at it as inspiration of where you want to go. Start making these micro changes and be intentional. Is this how I want to spend my money? And recognize that money is limitless. We are limitless. This abundance just keeps flowing in. There's no such thing as not enough in the world. Now, if you want to change your status with money and your financial circumstance, you got to start having that mindset. This is something I worked hard on and I'm still actively working on. And it kicked back about two years ago with my first business coach where he called my bullshit and he was like, enough. He was like, you have such a lack mentality. Think bigger. Start saying numbers every day that scare the hell out of you. So they seem out of reach and they start to become normal. I remember when I was first starting to work towards a six-figure business, one of my other business coaches looked at me and he said, start inviting it in very playfully. He said, When someone asks you, hey, Michelle, how you doing? Go, feeling like six figures, baby. Get used to it. Just make that start to be part of you. Cool? A little fun trick. This is more for entrepreneurs, but you could absolutely use this in other ways. Maybe you want to use it for the down payment number on your home. Of When I first was set that six-figure goal for my business, I changed all my passwords to six figures. That was just a daily, consistent, multiple day, a reminder of this is what I'm working towards. This is what I'm worth. And I am going to accomplish this because I am capable of it. Have that mindset. 
whether that's the number you get your credit card down to, whether that's the down payment on your house, maybe that's the goal for your business this year. Start inviting that abundance in. All right, that's enough. I love you so much. Go thrive. See you next time.